You're listening to the Gimme 5 Podcast, Episode 10, brought to you by Roughhouse Publishing, publishers of Gore Shriek. Come check out Roughhouse Publishing at Rock and Shock Worcester, at the Rock and Shock Worcester, at the Worcester Palladium, <laughs> on October 13th, 14th, and 15th. Worcestershire. Yes, the Worcestershire <laughs> Palladium. We just did like a 10-minute like, try to figure out how to pronounce that, and you still effed it up. Welcome to the Give Me Five podcast. I'm Greg, and I'm here with Jimmy. Hello. And Rob. Hey, guys. Here on the Give Me Five podcast, the three of us discuss five things that entertained us this week. This is week three of our comprehensive review of Halloween Horror Nights Orlando, where we are going to be covering the scare zones and a little bit of the shows. We'll talk about why why I haven't seen the shows yet in a little bit. Uh, this week, we're also going to cover a couple other cool things. We're going to talk about a little bit of cool news from Amazon Prime, where they picked up some, some pretty decent properties that I'm excited about. Uh, we're going to talk about The Gifted, which is a brand new show on Fox that I also fell in love with. We are going to expand our chatter on the movie It. And of course, as I said before, we are going to talk about the Halloween Horror, Night- Horror Nights, Scare Zones, and Shows. And if I say anything crazy, it's because of the drugs. Yes. For example, like spoilers. Rob, let's talk about spoilers, shall we? I like the big flared ones. You should. <laughs> the drugs. The drugs. I apologize. I am taking drugs. I was in a car accident over the weekend. My truck was totaled, but I am okay. Just really, really sore. So I'm taking drugs. Yes. Only after the car accident, not before, if anyone's wondering. We'll go with that. Yes. Rob. I hope nobody's recording this. Spoilers, Rob. Spoilers. Spoilers. About? Oh, my God. Where where am I? What's going on? Dear God. Holy crap. Off the rails in five minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, Oh, I'm I'm looking at the... That's why. That's why I'm lost, because I did not scroll down. This is a review show. (laughs) This is a review show, and there will probably be spoilers. We'll try to avoid major twists. For example, if you'd be angry if we told you that Mike Myers is... Never really dead, or if you will be dis... Oh, God, I thought you meant Mike Myers, not Michael Myers. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start over. All right. This is a review show, and there will probably be spoilers. want, remember. I, I just put in <laughs> gags, because why not? But... I don't know that you can trust me to say whatever I want at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is a review show, and there will probably be spoilers. We'll try to avoid any major twists. For example, if you'd be angry if he told you that Michael Myers is never really dead. Spoiler, he gets up at the end of every movie. Or if you'll be disappointed to learn that Greg screams like a five-year-old if a lizard runs towards him, then you might want to pause and come back later. You guys can, as always, find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast, F-I-V-E for that five. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram under the same handle at Give Me Five Pod. 
if you have any questions or you'd like to submit your responses so that we could potentially read or discuss them on the air, hit us up at giveme5podcast at gmail.com, F-I-V-E again, and please do us a favor so that we can reach more people out there and, and spread our goodwill. Leave us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast application you are using. It is the best way if you guys want to contribute to help us out. That's the best way to do us. Thank you in advance. However, Greg's five-year-old girl scream is not nearly as impressive as Jimmy's five-year-old scream. Not not our Jimmy, my Jimmy. Whoa, whoa, not my My neighbor Jimmy. My, my, my neighbor Jimmy. Wow. This is going down real quick, guys. Wow, I feel like, uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> what's new, Greg? Uh, yeah, um, well, I'm concerned about Rob. Um, I am as well, but see. I am glad he's still with us. Yes, yes, yes. That, that He was actually leaving Halloween Horror Night, so he did it for I you did. people. He got in an accident for all of you guys to get more information for this very podcast and um, leaving it approximately three or so in the morning, someone decided to park in the middle of the road with their in, lights off. In a stretch mm -hmm. of I-4 where there's absolutely no lights whatsoever. And they were parked in two lanes, not just one. Oh, God. It was fantastic. Thankfully, um, Rob had a very large manly truck. And I which, and uh, I will say that, that if anybody is looking at a GMC Sierra, that thing protected me very well. With all the damage that my truck took for me to walk away with as little as I had, it's. I mean, I had I had one small fracture of a uh, L5 vertebra, but other than that, it's just scrapes, bruises, and sore uh, sore muscles. So, which he's not feeling at all right now. Not at all, baby. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Jimmy, you, you've had a lot of cool new stuff that kind of happened. So, I I think I think you need to to bring some of this stuff up because I'm yeah. Um. So, let's see. Yesterday. I had remembered that Netflix picked up and is uh, releasing 1922. So I thought it actually came out yesterday, but it hasn't. It comes out October 20th. Uh, 1922 is an adaptation of a Stephen King short story that was in the collection, amazing collection, called Full Dark, No Stars. Oh, I remember and, that. I read that. Yeah. It, oh, 1922 was the story of a man who murders his wife, throws her down at the bottom of a well, and he is uh, haunted by her, mm -hmm. all while trying to keep people away from finding out what really happened. Um, it's a fantastic collection. They've made um, they've made movies for I think three of the four now. 1922 being one of them, and when. I saw that Big Driver came out and when A Good Marriage came out, which are also stories from the collection, I was just like, oh man, they really need to do 1922. And it's finally coming out October 20th on Netflix. It stars Thomas Jane, who has been the Punisher, who I think is a great choice. Uh, the trailer looks incredible. He's really cool too. He's, he under, he gets it. I've heard he had really good, really like relationships with fans and he goes to all the comic cons and hangs out and chills and i've just heard nothing but positive things about him as as an actor in genre films we briefly discussed um adi shankar's work in his bootleg universe uh one of those stories was dirty laundry which was a punisher story that also had ron perlman which is a great cameo if you haven't seen dirty laundry by the by this time i mean please check it out it's thomas jane 
I mean, he's one of those guys. He gets that the Punisher movies were kind of goofy, but he really, really redeemed himself in in Dirty Laundry. So can't wait for 1922. Um, I would be, you know, since you're talking about, um, since you're talking about Stephen King stuff. Yeah, there's another Netflix thing coming out. Gerald's that came game. out on the 29th. Yeah, Gerald's Game. So it's like it's like a Stephen King Renaissance. I love Dark it. Tower. It Gerald's Game. And- uh, 1922 it's just and, so much good and stuff. also of note um netflix i believe is also producing another original series about the punisher which looks like it'll be actually really good because they're they're going really dark with it they're going dark and gritty with it and it stars um yeah. oh john barenthal yes yeah yes. with shane, shane the walking, dead. walking dead yeah and it looks like it'll be really good i happen to think that's amazing casting yeah. i loved the his little bits of punisher that were in uh in Daredevil season two, <laughs> little bits of Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's, that sounds like a band or like a cologne. I don't know which. Little bits of Punisher from the water. Or a final of issue. <laughs> um, I'd be remiss if I and I won't talk too long about it, but I did see um, Toxic Holocaust, Goat Horror, and Venom Inc. Saturday night at the Haven in Orlando. They put on an absolutely amazing show. I'm a huge fan of Thrash, and if you are too, definitely check them out. Toxic Holocaust was by far the um, highlight of the night for me. They played such songs as Wild Dogs and Nuke the Cross, um, which I, I don't know if you saw. My, my Facebook Live video was really fun because I had older people, friends, hello out there, tune in, just as Joel Grine of Toxic Holocaust said, Hello, Orlando. Are you ready to effing nuke the cross? Wow. So I was like, oh, all right. Sorry, guys. You got home to relatives waiting at your house to have an intervention with, like, like holy water and a priest. The power of Christ compels you. (laughs) Uh, It was just a band. (laughs) We will talk about this more um, going forward next week. Greg and I are going to a seminar on Friday at Reynolds Advanced Materials. You know, this is topical because – Halloween Horror Nights, they have a lot of effects artists doing special effects makeup, um, casting molds and things of that nature. Reynolds Advanced Materials, you can find them at ReynoldsAM.com. They have seminars all around the country. Some of them are free, but they do manufacture all of your special effects makeup. Not all of them, but special effects makeup kits, resins, casting materials, urethanes. I can't wait. We'll talk about this a lot more later. Yeah, I'm excited. There'll be definitely pictures of that. So, Rob, what's new with you? Uh, not a whole lot this week. And not, and all, not much. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I've started car shopping. I started doing that today, but it really hurts to get out and about and spend any lengthy amount of time out of the house. My my ribs still hurt. Mm. Um, so we got to about two car dealerships, and I was I was ready to come back. I'm like, oh, I can't I can't do this because because I also forgot to take my meds before I left the house this morning. So I was I was Ooh. really sore by the time we got back. I was like, oh man. <laughs> But um, and when he forgets to take his meds, the neon platypus goes away. And we can't have the platypus go away. I need the platypus. Need the platypus. Um, I but, have a neon platypus stuffed animal. But I am excited for next week. <laughs> um, next week, the the I guess it's a sequel. You'd call it um, to Shadow of Mordor is coming out. Uh, um, 
And and I'm really looking for my favorite all time game. I'm really looking forward to it because I really like Shadow of Mordor and I'm and I'm definitely intending on buying that game and checking it out. And I'll let you I'll let you guys know what I think of it um, once I get a chance to uh, sit. I probably yeah, I might it, have to do this. it may not be next week. It might be the following week because I don't think it's released until Tuesday, and we usually record on Wednesday nights. So I may not have too much information on it by then. But a week later, I should be able to give you guys a review of it. Nice, awesome guys. We also received some emails or messages about our last week's question which was underrated horror movies and we got some really good responses yeah and i yeah. and i think we're probably going to try and pick one of those and and view it and i think and i think probably we should we should start with um that first one there greg yeah so um joey wrote in saying that we should check out rawhead rex uh which is written by clive barker um filmed in ireland and it is he said it was filmed in ireland filled with irish humor and of course um all sorts of delicious gore um I used to love Clive Barker books, actually, in high school and kind of when I was first in college, I used to read a ton of Clive Barker stuff, mm. and I was, I had not heard of this one, so I gotta find it somewhere. I, I thought it was funny that Joey wrote in saying that, because I, while I have not seen it, I did, I, I mean, maybe the day before, a couple of days before Joey did write that in, I saw that they are or have released a 4K restoration of Rawhead Rex. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, Joey, we are totally going to start with that one, and oh, yeah. we'll check it out and let you know what we think. Uh, Joey Joey is a friend a friend of the five. Is that a thing? Can that be a thing? It's, it's a thing now. Uh, Joey's a friend of the five, and I ha- so I happen to know him. So he, if we can't find it anywhere, then he did so he could borrow it. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Cindy mentioned Jet, uh, Death Note, and I believe she is talking about the Japanese film. We had talked about the, the remake Correct. of it. Correct. Yeah. And I think that she mentioned the Japanese version, uh, which I've not seen, but again, after I saw the, the remake, I was definitely interested. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd really like to see that. Yeah. And Amy went very classic with some of the Hammer production films from the 50s and 60s, and I did not actually know they were called the Hammer production studio films. I didn't. I, I knew of them, but I didn't know that they, they were kind of under the same banner. Hmm. Stuff like Phantom of the Opera, Brides of Dracula, Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. Now, I, These... I, I will jump in real quick um, because I actually have seen, and I don't know if it's the one that she's talking about, um, because I did see the classic Phantom of the Opera. It was the ni- But it was the 1942 version starring Claude Rains. Um, so the, the Hammer films, I believe, are from a British production company. Okay. All right, so it was. So those are the ones that you sometimes see with, um, I think Christopher Lee is in some of them, where the coloring is not quite black and white. It's not quite quite full color. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of pictures of them. Um, but I, I started doing some research, and first of all, there's a ton of them. Mm-hmm. So if you ever, if you really feel like you need to find seventy new horror films to watch that aren't too gory but are still classics, that's probably the way to go. Okay. Okay. That's a lot of stuff so far, and I think I'm going to keep it going. And I, Jimmy, of course, saw the show notes, but. Uh, last about last year at this time, we both kind of went through Snow Crash, the book by Neil Stevenson. Yes, I I think I happened upon it. We're we're just going to call it Snow for the rest of the episode, though. Yeah, yeah, Snow, and then we're not going to say the other word. <laughs> Informer, you're not going to be. I shake it, boom, oh. boom, down. <laughs> The funny thing is we actually are recording from three separate locations. There's no possible way that Rob could have shared whatever he's on. No. Unless it was in digital format like Snow Crash. Sorry. So Snow Crash is a a cyberpunk style book but written by Neil Stevenson. 
this book was written a while ago, so it was before its time. Well before its time. But there are there have been many yeah, well before its time. There's been many stories since then of people kind of like jacking into a virtual reality kind of world and basically losing themselves into it. <laughs> Ready Player One. Matrix. Yeah. Matrix, Ready Player One, um, Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, there was that one movie. There was a movie about it, too, where they had like, these weird, like, flesh-colored things that would stick in the back of their heads. It was... What was what was that movie with... Um, I don't think it was iRobot, but there was there was one that starred Bruce Willis, wasn't it? Where they all had, like, avatars? Yeah, had uh, avatars, surrogates? one of them. Surrogates. surrogates. There was another one that, was, that came out right around the same time as... as as the Keanu Reeves one, but anyway, um, so I, Jimmy's usually better at these quick um, descriptions than I am. But it's ba- the book itself is about basically a guy that he is just a pizza guy by day, and he's not just a pizza guy; he's a delivery. Well, yeah, he's yeah. So the pe- the pizza guys or the delivery people are like almost superheroes, but still an average dude. But in this digital world he's hero protagonist just the dumbest and, name ever but they do it on purpose like he did it on purpose because it's it's he's living his own story basically he's living his own uh he's putting himself as the hero of his story i guess but anyway um the reason why we're talking about this is that uh amazon prime decided that they were going to license it and turn it into a tv show which i believe is the first neil stevenson property to get uh, get grabbed for a show if i'm not mistaken if you type in snow rest of the title into google you will find just throughout the years oh the movie's finally being made oh the script's been written oh it's got this director attached to it all which have been just rumors for years now it's it's finally coming out i i can't find 100 percent if it's going to be a series or just a one-hour movie. Um, Greg, I don't know what you found, but it has definitely been picked up. I did research to try to find actors. I did research to try to find who's creating it. It was it was a blurb in a, in a three-paragraph thing about a couple other shows that were picked up by Amazon as well. Yeah, this... this you say it was blurred in a, a three-paragraph thing. This should be bigger, I think, for... People who are fans of popular culture, especially, you know, the, the kind of era that we cover. Um, I, I really feel like without Snow Crash, there would not be a Matrix. There would not be a Ready Player One. And Ready Player One's the next huge one coming out from Steven Spielberg. Um, that's, you know, people are, are going insane for. But, you know, in reading this, you actually turned me on to this book. Um, it's, really cheesy <laughs> pizza uh, but um, no? okay um <laughs> if you read it you know w- without the context you know without knowing that it, this book was published in 1992 and probably written over the span of a couple of years before that at least this is way ahead of its time it talks about gps talks about virtual reality i mean neil, neil stevenson is a extremely forward thinker and and some of his his later books are are really really deep um this one's just a fun read uh it's it's very forward thinking like i said and i i i was the first time i had heard of it was in your show notes so i'm thrilled 
I can't wait. The, the other books are Ringworld by Larry Niven, um, which is a sci-fi book from the 70s, and uh, Lazarus, which is actually written by Greg Rucka, who's one of my favorite comics writers. He's like a, a crime comics writer. And, of course, Snowcraft, which we mentioned. So the, all three of those will be produced by Amazon for the Amazon Prime people, Ooh. of which I am one. Me too. But it's really, really deep dish. Oh. Nice. I need to get whatever you guys are, are on. <laughs> I'm still looking for to see who's going to be producing this thing. It looks like it is executive produced by Joe Cornish, who did Ant-Man. And it's under Kennedy Marshall Company's Frank Marshall, who did Back to the Future and Raiders of the Lost Ark. So those are pretty good names. Awesome. So, that is that. And another thing, which this is, I added this to the show notes, show notes very late last night, because I decided to check out The Gifted. And the weird thing about this podcast, I'm sure you guys feel it too, is once we decided to do it, it made us, one, pay attention to the stuff we loved a lot, but it gave us less time, to, for the most part, to try to seek out new things. Mm-hmm. So if it basically put it to where, if it was something I was just watching passively and didn't really care about, you know, it got deleted or you know, removed from the, the, the pull list or canceled or whatever. Um, so when the new season of TV was coming around, I'm like, you know, I really am, I'm not adding anything else. Because anything else I add is keeping me away from watching really terrible horror movies. And we must watch the terrible horror movies. Yeah. The, the most terrible being current my current one I'm trying to get through and I just can't. But the, um, the nudist colony of the dead that is <laughs> <laughs> on... On That's Amazon a thing? Prime, it's either on Amazon Prime or or, um, or Netflix, and I've been trying to watch it. And it was filmed in like 1990, I think, but it's such bad quality that it looks like it was filmed in 1971. Like, almost, almost and like Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. That that was way better. No, that's not possible. Trust me, I will. If if you guys ever piss me off, I'm making you watch that movie. Wow, you will see it on you will see it on the list. I, it's, I've tried to watch it five separate times, and I've never gotten... I'm still, like, 30 minutes. I, I just fall asleep. <laughs> wow. Okay, anyway. So, there was a, sh- a new show coming out that involved um, the younger X-Men characters, some of the X-Force characters, some of the New Mutants, and it was basically right in my wheelhouse when it came to the comics. And it's called The Gifted, and it is on Fox. I was really hesitant to watch it, although the Legion show that ran on FX was really well done. And really interesting and really different and one of the first things I would watch each week you know, as it showed up on my DVR. So I was hesitant and then I started reading the early reviews and every single one of them was positive. Hmm. This is from people hmm. I trust, from venues I trust, from you know, comics websites, from other writers, from random people on Twitter. So I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. So I watched it last night and it is so rare that a, a show with a, a large cast of characters, obviously a bunch of superheroes or people that have mutant powers – that you actually care about each character within minutes of, like, meeting them. They're all interesting. They're all unique. Okay. They're, they're for the most part, different. The show itself had very typical things. You know, of course, it had the, you know, the government after the mutants kind of thing. The, of course, one of the government agents realizing that his two kids, he's supposed to be hunting down mutants, and he realizes both of his kids are mutants, that kind of thing. Uh, the casting is great. Uh, it's got Amy Acker in it, who's great in everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, and has a very recognizable voice. But she was in uh, Angel and most recently in Person of Interest. Uh, it's got Stephen Moyer from True Blood. Uh, Natalie Allen Lynn, Lynn, who's she's young, but she, she was in The Goldbergs, which I talked about last week. And she was um, a character on Gotham around the same time as she was on Goldbergs. 
and you know just it's a lot of the characters you might know from the 80s and 90s comics like uh, Polaris and Blink and um, Thunderbird from Thunderbird who actually died in like the new kind of group of the X-Men in the 70s the late 70s mm-hmm. and uh, even a character uh, that's supposed to be Sunspot who was a, an X-Men character who could control like heat and stuff like that but they haven't called Eclipse in this for some reason but it was just really good and for one episode I was immediately hooked and I when it was and it it brought you right into it like you literally show up as they're on the run like there's no there's no introduction there's no oh i'm this and i do this it's they're running from the police you learn about their powers as they're using them everything and it just it moves smoothly and it when it ended it seemed like it ended it was so fast that i was like oh is this only a 30 minute show and i looked and i'd watched it for an hour hmm that's interesting that's nice yeah, you don't have the typical, you know, like the origin stories. Like, there's the one kid who's like, hey, man, I'll do what I want to. And he goes out and he skateboards into a toxic waste dump. And then he's. Yeah, there's none of that. It was just, it was what it was. And they even, that to actually, that that's a good example because one of the kids, when they're, when they're revealing the fact that they are, they in fact, have powers to their parents, the girl's like, Remember that truck that almost hit us? <laughs> Ironically, remember that truck that almost hit us? And the mom's like, "Yeah," and she's like, "Yeah, you said it was a miracle. It wasn't. That's when my powers revealed themselves. I just was scared to tell you guys." But that's like that was it—a quick flashback Good. and move on. You don't have move to see on. A, you don't have to see Blow a thirty-minute sh- story. Blow stuff up. Yep. So loved it, um, and I highly suggest watching *The Gifted* on Fox. I will. I will have to check it out because I got to admit, I tried. I started watching Legion, and it just didn't pull me in. My only experience with the Gifted, I was driving, uh, and I saw a billboard for this, and I, I said, "What's that?" And they were all in typical kind of superhero poses and things like that. And I got to be honest, it, my first impression was not good. I saw it and I said, "Oh, great, another one." So are mutants the new zombies now? Yeah. Um, every show has to have a zombie. Every show has to have a mutant, or or like some kind of superhero. But uh, I give it a shot. I think the difference, if if I want to reference back to comics, when all the comic book, the comic superheroes and the X Men were these big outlandish characters with giant stories, and then they released uh, Generation X that came out where the where the characters were not you know pretty. They had weird deformities. They had all sorts of other things, and the and the stuff they were dealing with was with a little more ground level it seems like that and i'm pretty sure this is based on generation x a little bit uh-huh but it's a good thing they didn't call it generation x because no one wants to re- watch that hmm. okay and I'm, i've got just one more little thing before we kind of head into the halloween horror night stuff um i did get the opportunity to see it good mm. and did you like it <laughs> i did like it uh, i was trying to get through this without making that particular joke but there's no way in hell you're gonna do that with me sitting here <laughs> That is true. So uh, just a, right a few yes. things about that. First of all, I got the opportunity to use my movie pass for the first time. Oh, how was that? First of all, it made it feel, made it feel like I was stealing something. <laughs> I <I've> like <laughs> awesome. You know, they do that check in the movie theater to make sure like no one's recording stuff or they kind of count the people and whatever. Like there'll be that guy that comes in, and I like I actually got nervous. I'm like, it seems like I'm seeing this movie for free. So the way it works. So movie pass. If you guys don't know. It was a company that was selling these things called movie passes, which are basically debit cards that work any place that takes MasterCard. So it's a MasterCard branded card, but it's not an. Are actual... they still selling them? Yes. Okay. 
You yes. said was, so I just wasn't uh, sure they, if they stopped. Well, no, it was 1999 is the, the point. It was, uh, it was 1999, mm-hmm. and you'd get this card, and it was basically like Netflix for movies. What you do is you, go, you get their app, and you have their card. You get the app, and when you go to the theater, or when you're within 200 yards of the theater, you basically say, hey, I want to see this movie. You pick it on the thing, and it loads the card with the money to buy that ticket. You walk up to the, the front desk, and you basically ask for your ticket. You, they scan your card, and you walk in. So it was 19.99. About a month ago, they lowered the price to 9.99. Unlimited movies every, as long as you can see one every 24 hours. The reasoning behind it is that they're, I guess they are going to get money from a research group that one is going to determine, you know, who sees different movies, but also they're going to start doing add-ons to it later on, where it's not more money for you, but it's like you can use that card and it gives you, you know, you see a movie and it'll give you 25% off it. Fridays next door hmm. or you know just little things like that little ways to interact and stuff because um, they are actually paying for your ticket full price um, hmm. I honestly don't know why any movie I know some movie theaters are getting annoyed about it but I have no idea why they would because I mean if you're there and you basically are if you see two movies actually if you see one movie it's free it's you're paying nine dollars for a movie that's yeah. you know they're, they're twelve dollars here so you know I I got popcorn because why not? Yeah, and it doesn't make sense that they would get that they would get irritated by it because they're still getting the full price for the movie. I'm I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, they're they're. Well, and you also well, have to pay forty three dollars for a large soda. Yeah, the movie theater that was most vocal was AMC, which and AMC was set to release their own version of this. Oh, that's I think is why. why. I think it's why, and they're but what they said, and it is a valid concern, is what if this company can't match up to that model what if it can't make that money and all of a sudden they've given a bunch of tickets to people and then this other company defaults on their payments to the theater Mm. so that is a valid concern but i think it was really that well amc is like look we were going to sell something for 20 bucks and you could see any movie you want so that was movie pass i i've used it once now it did feel very weird doing it i was like honestly like walking up there i was half expecting them to be like (laughs) Uh, another one of these people. I was going to say that but, ar- that yeah. argument kind of sounds like when Blockbuster was kind of irritated that Netflix beat them to the to the kiosks, to yeah, the right. mail movie market or whatever. It's true. Um, when Greg Greg showed me the card um, yesterday, mm-hmm. and it looks like, it looks so fake. Like it really seemed like weird. So I like asked, and the girls like, "Oh yeah, we actually just got paper, like documents on this last week." Nice. And I've had a couple people use it today. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." So. I'm going to keep on using it. Um, I'm still in my free period, too. So I haven't actually paid anything for it yet because you get, like, the first, like, 18 days free. Nice. First month free or something. But um, I'll keep you guys posted if there's any weirdness. Now, how long how long does it take to actually get the card? Because I'm assuming you have to have the card. I signed up when, like, when they did the price drop, I immediately signed up. Okay. And it took me about three weeks to get the card. Okay. Maybe four weeks or so, but... You know, I've had a lot of stuff going on, so I didn't immediately, like, I have some mail that was unopened, so it might have been okay. a couple weeks. Well, it does say that you will receive your card within two to three weeks. That yeah. sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. So, as anyways, I was uh, saying I saw it, and I really enjoyed it. Um, let's see. The things I liked the most about it was it, it seemed to me that it was a story of that was being told through the perspective of the kids. Like, every... As Jimmy said when he talked about it, he said the bullies seemed way more scary than the the, char- the clown character. That 
think like that people acted strangely. And I try to think back to when I was a kid when when certain strange things seemed scarier or bigger or weirder or further away. You know, when you go back to your old hometown and you're like, wow, that really wasn't that far away from my house. And I kind of looked at it like that because there were things that were way over the top, like the bullies and the uh, the girl's creepy dad, which I really don't want to get into too much. Almost like they uh, like they played it up a little bit to uh, get that visceral reaction from people. Yeah, like people were standing a little too close to others when they're talking to them. When people were, you know, touching someone's face a little bit longer than they should, it's like, oh, okay, you're the pervert, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. But then again, as as Jimmy also told me that this town, are you there, Jimmy? I'm here. <laughs> okay, um, you got really quiet. Um, the the town you said was the 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 thinnest part of the wall to something. Yeah, Deary or Derry, however you pronounce it, was the site of a um, uh, a meteor um, that it may or may not have brought the monster it to Derry. But in the Stephen King multiverse, um, Derry, like you said, is the point in our world that has the thinnest barrier, um, the thinnest walls to other worlds. Um so a lot of times in, in Stephen King books, it's the fictional town of Derry. And, I mean, most of his stories take place there. There's always strangers showing up, people disappearing in Derry. So it's it's a very weird place that's reincarnated through several different stories. I mean, I'm pretty sure Salem's Lot takes place there. There's a lot there. And I think that that really added to my enjoyment. And we could go really deep. Yeah, that conversation with Jimmy actually added to my enjoyment. Of the film because there was not like oh man everyone's crazy in this town there, it was yeah, there, oh everyone's crazy in this town but this is why and they didn't have to necessarily tell that to me yeah mm-hmm. you're welcome um, the kid actors were were really good the the conversations between them were were awkward and funny at times and like it totally reminded me of just riding around on my bike when I was a kid and you know oh, yeah. telling your mom jokes and doing all that kind of fun stuff that's how we got around we got dirty we jumped into water we weren't supposed to um we said bad words when we knew we weren't supposed to and it was very much like that and it was set basically around the same time as we would have been about that age the scares were great in fact i I told i didn't tell you guys well i think i told you jimmy but at one point there's there's a scare in a basement and it gets really loud and the it character lunges towards the camera like with this increasingly loud sound. And right when that happened, there was a girl behind me that was like, oh, hell no, and got up <laughs> and started, <laughs> started running Hang down on. the stairs, oh. tri- busted ass, and tripped and fell like three stairs down on her butt, like kind of bounced down two stairs, got up, kind of shook it off, and was like, I am out. <laughs> nice. down the stairs as, her, as her friends waited to see if she was okay before they cracked up. So I... I was like, yeah, that was a, that was a good scare. <laughs> so I really, really I, it, that actually, whereas Jimmy's crowd sucked for for him. Oh yeah, it, it, my crowd actually made me enjoy the movie more because there were there were a couple of people that bailed just out of sheer terror. Nice. No, so I'm pre- at this point. I'm pretty sure if you really want to see it, that you probably have because it's it's made more money than any horror movie ever has at this point. However, if you have not and you are on the fence, I would see it. There are some graphic parts, but. Um, it's really good, and of course, it is a chapter one, so there will be more. 
Yeah, and, and just to close that out, the movie for me, I mean, I, I was a little kind of salty about it because of my theater-going experience, mm-hmm. but um, as days have gone by after I've seen it, it's actually gotten better in my mind, and I'd really like to see it again. Yeah, I've put that on my will purchase immediately when it comes out on Blu-ray. Oh, for sure. Special edition with the extra large t-shirt that I'll just wear to bed one time. <laughs> Nice. Not to mention the souvenir clown suit. Oh, I already have that. Oh, I've got a few of those. Oh. <laughs> and, and I do have one more thing. I'm going to pose a, a a wager to you guys, but it will only benefit you one way or the other. If they do I not accept. put, if they do not put a Halloween Horror Nights house or an It Halloween Horror Nights house in there, because there are so many sequences in that movie that are perfect for Halloween Horror Nights. Like there's okay, there's set pieces. I will cook you guys steak dinners. I'll have you guys over for oh, hell a nice yeah. steak dinner. If All right. if next year's Halloween Horror Nights does not have an it house, because unless the licensing goes south real fast, it's perfect for it. I could it is every set piece is like oh I, they could do that, they could do this transition, they can do that. It's yeah, without spoiling it. I mean, yeah, yeah. From the the house, the 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 kid with the violin lady which actually that part freaked me out the most the vi- uh, yeah the violin lady with oh. the mismatched eyes uh, not a fan so anyway. uh you know what got me was the library scene oh uh, yeah 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 rob you gotta see this that one Woo. maybe not on all of the mo- on the painkillers <laughs> i will i will end up being that psycho that sits in there and laughs at the whole thing um, probably not <laughs> you'll you will run in terror and fall down the stairs I went. I went and saw what was it? Uh, Benicio del Toro's The Wolfman, mm-hmm. and um, I, there was there was a scene where everybody was just kind of looking at me funny. Um, there's a scene where a guy gets caught in like the quicksand, and he's running away from the Wolfman, and he gets caught in a qui- he gets caught in this bog or something, trying to run away, and he's holding his gun, and he goes to point the gun at his at his head so he's not mauled by the wolf, and. <laughs> And the wolfman just just leaps across this little pond that he's hiding in and just, like, scoops his head off his shoulder like he's getting a, uh... <laughs> I mean, like he's like he's grabbing a scoop of ice cream. It's just like, boop, and his head is gone, and then the body falls over. <laughs> and I freaking just laughed out loud in the movie. And while I was laughing, like, everybody around me kind of gave me that weird side eye. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that was hilarious. What? I was like, I have removed several heads in my day, and it never was like that. What is wrong with him? It was exactly. never that easy to, to remove all those severed heads. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's time. It, it's time. It is time. It's time! Part three of our expose on Halloween Horror Nights, this time talking about the scare zones and the shows. Rob, take us there. Okay, well, I'll do my best. I, I will admit that I have not been able to see the um, Academy of Villains show yet. Um, I know that for like the first week, uh, maybe the first two weeks, they were still doing their Irma show, which was an abbreviated show on a small stage. They hadn't they hadn't reassembled the stage yet after the hurricane. I think they're still um, doing that because someone I posted heard- a picture this weekend or uh, this weekend of it still being the Irma show. Okay. I, I have heard that they do plan on starting the full show, but if they haven't done it by now, I mean, they're they're 
Well, they're not. I guess they're not quite halfway through yet. But this week they'd be halfway through, and if they're halfway through the event and still haven't assembled the still haven't assembled the show, they might not be doing it. That's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, there's several scare zones at uh, Halloween Horror Nights, um, and the two shows you've got Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure, which very sadly this is the last year for Bill and Ted's. Um, and I will be honest, it kind of seems like they phoned it in. I was not impressed with the show this year. They they did not. It is not a show that I would have expected to be their very last show. Um, and that that pains me to say it because Bill and Ted's is one of the highlights for me every year at uh, Halloween Horror Nights. And I don't know what the issue was. I don't know if it was licensing or if it was they're just tired of doing the show. That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if they ran into a case of we're out of ideas for this and they did whatever the best they could and then let's let's just move on. Yeah, but which is a shame because I really hope that they actually do replace it with something. I mean, to, just to remove Bill and Ted's, it'll seem like Halloween Horror Nights is missing something. I mean, would you agree? Yeah, because I mean, it was Halloween Horror Nights. I mean, the fact that it's gory and there's scares and stuff like that. Yes, that is adult. But I think the most adult thing about Halloween Horror Nights was the the show. And it was you're in a theme park and there's people swearing. There's people dr- talking about drinking and drugs and making fun of things. And I, it's mm-hmm. just. For the most part, they were really good, and it, it usually had at least one reference that was funny. Um, I also wonder if real life is just a little too ridiculous at this point to really just, you know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> they they did bring back some running gags, um, which I was very glad to see. I was happy with that. Um, Tell me. But like, Tell me the sex with their tails yes. guy. Yes. Okay. He, he's back. Well, I'm cool with that. Um, but the um, – and and there's also a callback to to a callback for Bill and Ted um, from their movie, so you'll you'll uh, see somebody that you haven't seen in a while. Rufus, uh, maybe no, but they should have. They could have, and that's one of the things that bothered me because it really there's so much more that they could have done. Um, Doctor Evil comes back, but he just makes a cameo at the end. It's like well. I mean, they could have done... I mean, Dr. Evil was the villain for so many years. They could have done something with Dr. Evil. But, no, they... It, it was... It, the, the show... The show, in general, was relatively weak. They had a couple of really good laughs. Um, but I am disappointed in that it is their last show. Yeah. And, it, and I really felt like they could have done more. Like a better send-off. Yeah, the weird thing about that show... that other, I mean, it's funny. It's awesome. The sound system in that particular stadium is so good mm-hmm. that I literally have a like a playlist of songs that I associate with Halloween not because they're like scary Halloween songs but because they were in that show and they sounded better than anything else even though it's songs I wouldn't usually listen to mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like Disturbia by Rihanna yeah and um, uh, Phoenix by Fallout Boy and a couple other Fallout Boy songs like just for some reason this the sound there is so good that when I get done, I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to have that song. So I'll, like, buy it on iTunes yeah. on the way home. Yeah. And, and like I said, the show is usually really good. Um, they had a couple of, and they had a couple of good laughs, but I, all in all, I was, I was kind of disappointed. And, and you'll see what I mean when we go, Greg. Yeah. Um, and you'll have to let me know what you I think, was but... supposed to go with Rob on Sunday, but obviously you heard about the accident. Yeah. I was, I was not there on Sunday. <laughs> That's why I have not yet seen it. Not because I am shirking my duties, but, because I don't want to be the weird, creepy guy going to Halloween Horror Nights by myself. So. I just want to be the weird, creepy guy that's sitting at home 
not going to Halloween. By yourself. No, no, not by myself, but cool. So the other part, of course, is the scare zones. Yes. And they've got, they've got several scare zones this year. Um, starting up front, we've got the, um, we've got the altars of horror, which is basically a, um, a, uh, homage, if you will, to all of the current houses and probably the weakest of the scare zones. Would you agree? Yeah, there's no, there's no sets. It's just like big posts. And of course, uh, one, at least one employee taking a face plant from passing out. Oh God. I hope she's okay. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, it's the, the scare zone is basically just pillars that have the, the names of the houses on them. And then characters from the houses just kind of wandering, milling around that area and scaring. It's only the, the the IP houses, only the licensed houses, right? Too. So you've They've got, got yeah. you've got the sisters from The Shining, you've got uh, Bloody Face, uh, Papa Legba, and the Butcher, all from American Horror Story. Um, you've got the pig faced henchman from Saw, and also uh, Deadite from Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yeah. So I mean, all in all, it's probably their weakest scare zone. And and I find that odd because it's actually on the main drag. It's the main scare zone that you walk through. Because if you walk through the gates and go straight down the street, that's the first thing you see. Yeah, it's the one between the Minion Ride and Shrek, if you guys know Universal. Right, right. If you can actually get a picture of the twin sisters from The Shining, you, it, that would be impressive. Because they know exactly when to turn their heads hmm. front in pictures. So everyone's picture ends up being blurry. So you have to kind of sneak up on that one. Wow. And we just we were talking to an employee and we like we just happened to mention it near the employee. We're like, oh man, they know exactly when to walk away. And he's like, Yeah, I taught them that. So it's not like a mistake. <laughs> nice. If you get a picture of the tw- the twin sisters, then you are one of the very select few that were able to do it. Nice. That's fantastic. Um and so I mean, the scare zone is okay, but eh. Um, it doesn't and, have a lot of set pieces, right? To right. Play there's, with. there's, there's not a lot there other than just the, uh, the char- the actors themselves. Um, so the next one we'll go into, which is further back in the further back in the park, it's in the New York area, is the Purge, and you know you've got your your typical Purge stuff. You've got the uh, the 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 regular signage that they have. You've got objects in barbed wire. Um, they've got some of the houses decorated up with like all kinds of junk in front of the doors with barbed wire wrapped around it so people can't get in. And then, of course, they've got the houses with the, what is it, the purple flowers uh, draped on the door and around the uh, banisters and stuff, which which I, is supposed to signify that the occupants of that house are out purging. Uh, so, I, have, I have not actually seen any of the Purge movies because it just seems a little too real to me. <laughs> oh. There, there, were, there were two movies like that when they... When I first saw the commercials for it, I'm like, oh, this is a bad idea. Uh, the Purge was one of them, and um, Fast and the Furious, the first one. I'm like, oh, God, there's going to be a bunch of idiots that are going to be racing now because of this movie. And sure, sure as heck, the, in my hometown, some dude went out racing after seeing that movie, and cra- he got in an accident, and back to car accident. Sorry, Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I believe, unless it, the story is untrue, he actually crashed into his own family. Oh, oh my God. Like, like, was driving near his neighborhood and hit his own family, so... Um, anyway, wow. So yeah, um, the purge. Yeah, I like I said, I hadn't seen it. So there was some cars like wrapped in Christmas lights, and I think mm-hmm. Jimmy told me that that yeah. happens in election year. Yeah. Okay. Which was actually good. And there was right. a bunch of like mini shows there too, which I liked. the The wood chipper thing was cool. There's like a car with a wood chipper on top, and there's a guy like throwing body parts into it. And yeah, spraying and it sprays water. water. Yeah, it sprays water. Um, and then, of course, they have the uh, the truck that delivers all the people, and you know, then yes. they all scatter. And 
You have um, a box truck that dro- yeah, delivers people and they grab people and throw it in there. Like not not the their employees that are getting grabbed, right, not right, random. Right. And and then they have a then they have a show where they're all presented and and killed or or set loose so that they can chase them that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, there's a big stage on top of a bus. Um, oh, and one of the other things that they've done again this year, which I which I always think is kind of neat, they have uh, projections on the windows, so you can actually walk by like some of the some of the tower buildings or whatever, uh, like the um, uh, like almost skyscraper buildings, and look mm-hmm. up in the windows and you see these projections of sha- almost like shadows coming through the window of people walking through or people getting murdered and stuff like that. One of them even has that. One of them people. One of them even has like that stuffed bear. <laughs> Oh, the the, that one. the furry guy who you can see the bear costume, you know, walking past the window and killing somebody. That's funny. I yeah, didn't, I didn't actually see that. Uh, the next one actually was my fa- it was my favorite, and it's going to be uh, more my favorite now that I rewatched the movie this past week. Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the trick or treat one. Yeah, and they I I have to say that they did a fantastic job with that um, the mannequin that they put outside the door with the lollipop shoved in her mouth. Yeah, uh, with the yeah 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 the one that's like crucified. Yeah, that one looks really good. They did a great job with that one. So do you guys remember the Trick or Treat movie? I do vaguely. I saw parts of it recently. so I have not seen it. Okay, so... But you I won't this stop time. talking about it. I, well, I mentioned it last week because it was, you know, it, people, some people know it, some people know the little guy. And, you know, of course, I bought it, as I think, for like two ninety nine, one ninety nine, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, so I, I forgot the rules of the movie and the rules that make the little dude, Sam angry mm-hmm. and the, the rules are which i have written down so i is um always hand out candy to trick-or-treaters always wear a costume never blow out a jack-o'-lantern before midnight and always respect the dead and so basically in this movie it's it's a little vignettes but they all are they all are tied together of people doing this there's a lot of um twists in trick or tr- in trick-or-treat and I, I mean like i said i just watched it again the other night and uh it was just as good as i remembered it being mm-hmm I'll probably have to bring that to work for you, Jimmy, to borrow. But um, yeah, try and remember. Yeah. Um, so each of the scenes in the trick or treat area are actually scenes from the movie. Um, with the part that you know, with the woman crucified, there's a, mm-hmm. a there's a thing with a kid throwing up, like a robotic, Which is fantastic kid throwing up. And I thought I vaguely remembered it being something like a like a frat boy because there were some frat boy situations in. No, it was a kid. And it's a kid, and I totally forgot until I saw it again and i was like oh okay and it's just because when i first saw the trick-or-treat thing it reminded me of um last year's halloween lego set that was just the front doorstep of like a house with like decorations on it and i was like okay this is kind of cute but what am i like where's the rest of the house do i have to like build this thing to kind of i decorate my house with legos because i'm a nerd yes he is and i saw these like little house fronts with like decorations on i'm like okay It'd be better if this was the full house. And after walking through it three or four times, I'm like, okay, this is really cool. Like, there's little shows going, like, scenes going on. There's the costumes are all from things in the movies. And Jesse Katsopoulos is there. <laughs> cool house. Yes. Wow. Thank you for getting the reference. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, and it's uh, it it's done in uh, like on the other side of the lake from like New York and San Francisco. So they've got like all those pumpkins up and and they do this almost every year. They put like pumpkins up in the trees and stuff. And it just, even if it was just the pumpkins in the tree, it's such a cool look. Yeah. That really is a neat look. Um, as you're walking through the, just the canopy of trees that go over the walkway. Mm -hmm. Um, you can look up and see all the lighted faces of the jack-o'-lanterns, which is a really nice effect. 
And it's it's in that little section as you're walking in the front of the park right before The Simpsons. It's like, what is it, the Garden of Allah, like, hotel yeah, thing? Yeah, right yeah. outside the Garden of Allah, yeah. And it's just, it, there's something about little kids and, like, those old, like, 80s and 70s style costumes that are just kind of creepy. And there's some of those in there, just, that's the, that's the area I would like to spend some time in, just kind of hanging out and watching people get scared. Mm-hmm. That's what I got about Trick or Treat. It's it's a really good scare zone area. I like it a lot. Um, and that and that's also usually the place where they do like a lot of the fog machines and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a uh, it's actually a pretty good scare zone. It's probably one of the better ones. Um, one of the other ones, which I I don't really understand because every time I go through there, there's not a ton there. Like as far as as far as um, like sets. But last time, last time we were there, we were walking past, and it was like they had all this set stuff that they had that they were putting up. And I'm like, well, we didn't see any of this. And when this we was walked after closing hour. Yeah. yeah, this was after it closed. They were putting all the sets away, and I'm like, well, we didn't see any of this when we walked through here. What what the hell is this? It looks like a float. Yeah, it did. It totally did. And I, I don't know if that's something new, but we haven't seen that yet when we walked through it, and it was actually being used. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. But the the last couple of times that we've walked through that, it's still been really, really dark. Have you noticed that? Yes. Okay. So it's not just me. I did watch a video of it the other day, and it looked like there were supposed to be, like, these projections of, like... It's it's called um, Festival of the Deadliest, which I don't think we mentioned. Okay. And I thought it was going to be kind of a Festival of the Dead, like, Mexican thing with the bright colors and the masks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is, but everything is, like, very bone-related. So, like, people wearing, right. like skulls on their face um not painted but like actual like plastic skulls and you know animal skulls and they have weapons that are made out of bones and stuff like that yeah it's supposed to be like red projected bones on the ground like almost like a crisscrossing trellis pattern Mm -hmm. i saw in one of the videos every time we've been going through there we've been trying to get somewhere so i haven't really hung out Mm -hmm. um there were towards the end there's like those bone stripper people on the poles like girls like swinging around on poles um See, I never even saw that. Yeah, right in front of the, well, right before you get to the die-in. So right in front of that store where they sell the props. Mm -hmm. Right. There's, like, dancers on poles and stuff like that. But, like, I just kind of breezed by it because I've been, you know, trying to get to, in fact, the last time I was was trying to get to the No, you know what? I I did see that one time because as we walked past, there was a girl who was, it was right outside the prop shop. But that's the only one I've seen. I didn't see that other float one that was kind of moving around. Um, or that they were putting up as we were leaving, but the um, there was one right outside the prop shop where the girl was dancing on the pole, and there was some creepy old dude there that was just standing there filming her. I'm like, how long is he uh, gonna stand there? What is going I told on you there? You could go on. I was like, just go. I'll you. I'll I'll find whatever house you're at. <laughs> I was like, man, that's that's kind of weird. All right, yeah. you do your thing. Uh, this is also the place where they have the unofficial mascot, the skull-faced guy that he's not, like I said, he's not the official mascot, but he is featured actually in a bunch of the, the artwork on the map and stuff like that, and they use the same I'm disappointed makeup. they don't have an icon. Yeah. They said they did on, that on purpose, but I always think of that as kind of a cop-out. Yeah. Like... Yeah, we, we did that on purpose. We weren't too lazy to try and figure it out. Yeah, or we couldn't come up with something. Like, even, like, last year it was a lantern, which was fine. Or a couple... Was it last year that was a lantern? A few years ago, maybe. No, last year was Chance. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think at one point there was like a, I think the one of the anniversary years was like a lantern, which is like the kind of the Pandora's box opening a fear thing. But even that was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, just not the clown because we've done it so much. Although, except for next year when they do it, and I don't have to make you guys steak. Oh no, there will be steak. <laughs> um, and the uh, is it the last one? I think. Yes, yeah, uh, the last one. Tech technically, it's the last one, but of course, there is the unofficial scare zone outside of um, Simpsons Land. It's not really an official scare zone, but they have clowns with chainsaws just running around. Yeah, outside of Simpsons Land. Um, but the other official scare zone is called Invasion. It's in the San Francisco area. It's really neat. They are as it's really small. It's probably the smallest of all the scare zones. Um, but the set pieces that they have in in this scare zone are really neat. They've got a crashed UFO with a bunch of aliens kind of running around and like a nineteen what would you say like nineteen forties uh, soldiers. 50s. Yeah, kind of running around trying to alien style. Yeah, trying to. Uh, catch the aliens or do whatever they can with the aliens and they've got an army truck there like they came out of it and they, they kind of play around with you like um there was there was a girl there who who said why aren't you doing anything about the aliens go get them and he looks at her and he goes our guns don't work on them run run <laughs> my, my so they so they the interact with you it was there was a the what there was a when we were there the first time there was oh that, yeah, that yeah, yeah yeah like it was like one of those lark things for for people that can't walk, but it was like golf cart style. It had like a canopy, uh-huh. and it comes bowling through with the horn, like beep 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 beep, 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 with with all of these aliens like surrounding it. Like they looked as if they were on a kick return team on a football team, not and they're trying to keep the other the other players from touching the ball. Like they had their arms out and they were like running and surrounding this cart as it went through, like just harassing this poor old lady. And it wasn't a person that worked there; it was like no, just a random this, customer. This lady looking, but. Yeah, this this lady looked so so embarrassed, but she was laughing the whole time. But the um, the alien was like driving, was reaching into the thing, driving it, and just continually pressing the horn, beep 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 beep, beep, beep. like get out of the way, get out of the way, kind of thing. As he's driving this cart through through the center of the scare zone, and it was it was really kind of amusing. And if you if you look at pictures of especially our pictures on the the Facebook page, give me five podcast, you will see that I, I took a, we took a bunch of pictures of this like alien saucer crashed into the street and they actually make it look like the street's all torn up and there's like yeah know, a body laying on like a sand a sandbag wall and it just it's really well lit and it's like you said it's only two pieces in the san francisco area but it's it's well made those are the scare zones in the shows yep yep and with that i think we'll probably continue the the horror theme at least for this episode yeah um and we'll roll that into our give me five for the evening um and it would be horror movies or TV shows that led to your love of the horror genre. And it can, you know, it can be anything. It, it doesn't have to be horror horror. It can be comedy horror, which I, which I personally love. But there, there are some others in there. Um, but your, your, your uh, five best. Um, I think this is going to be another one where we don't boil it down to a definitive five because obviously everyone had different experiences. Yeah. yeah Grew up in yeah. different time zones, saw different you know, time periods, saw different things at different times. So. Who wants to go first? Actually, Jimmy, you should go first because um, continue the tradition. Yep. So we've already discussed some of the stories behind these, so I won't you know bore you guys with those again. But in kind of a specific order, I guess I, my number five is going to be Reanimator. That that one introduced me to the the shock uh, gore. Um, it. If Reanimator came out today, it'd probably be considered torture porn. Um, 
it's cheesy, it's corny, but it's super gory. Now that's the one where everyone's seen the, the shot of the person's head blow up, right? Or is that Scanners? That's Scanners. That's, that's Scanners. Scanners, yeah. Uh, Reanimator is basically a 80s Dr. Frankenstein. This guy reanimates the dead, and hilarity ensues. Uh, my number four is Night of the Living Dead. I've already told the, my story of uh, preparing for the zombie apocalypse by strapping knives and screwdrivers all over my body. <laughs> A story mm-hmm. with with which endeared you to my wife. She's like, I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's fantastic. Number three, American Werewolf in London. Uh, very hard to kind of pick a specific order for this, but... American Werewolf, I, I can't say enough about it. It's, you know, my favorite horror movie. You know, it's definitely up and there. And what do you get to do for our work Halloween party? For our work Halloween party, I am supervising the set decoration of the Slaughtered Lamb Pub for our kind of take on Halloween Horror Nights. Nice. And I will also be dressed as a werewolf slash talent director. So as I said earlier, a werewolf with a clipboard. Yeah, pretty much. Nice. Uh, very excited. We will be posting pictures of that, um, and and we will talk about it briefly. As you, you know, hopefully we can get some video of that, and we'll we will be posting yeah. it. Uh, Return of the Living Dead is number two. It's it's higher up than Night of the Living Dead. I had a very visceral reaction to this movie when I was a kid. I love the poster for um, that movie. Yeah, like, the punk zombies. Yeah, actually, and, if you um, the Rough House Publishing thing that we talked about at the very beginning uh he's eventually going to come on the show he was he was actually supposed to come on tonight however um we had some microphone issues so he's going to be on in the next few weeks and if you look at his art studio where he does all of his the zombie comics and stuff he's got that poster above his his drawing desk uh my scene that just stands out in my mind it was you know very much my my brother was watching it my mom kind of tried to shoo me off and i i was trying to be you know, uh, my brother was older than me, and I was trying to be tough and, you know, hey, I can hang in there. I can watch this. And there's a scene where uh, they're escaping the graveyard, um, and they, they run over a zombie, and it's just this kind of, you know, misty kind of landscape. And after they run over the zombie, it, it pops right back up into screen, and I flew to my room. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, totally chickened out, but nice. it, it definitely stuck with me over the years. And number one, although not the most popular on a lot of people's lists, was the Blair Witch Project. Uh, yeah, I hated that. I liked it. <laughs> it terrified me. I bought into the whole thing where there were no actors listed. I bought into the whole thing that it was real footage. I watched all the specials about Rustin Parr who did the Blair Witch's bidding and the whole Burkittsville, Maryland thing. I, you know, I wanted to go there and it just, you know, after I saw that movie with a friend of mine, we, we have our version of uh, tropical storms up in, you know, Virginia, we call them nor'easters. We had a nor'easter that night. The wind was whipping around. We had to ride our bikes through the woods mm. to get to where we were going and after that, I started playing pranks on people where I would hang up little stick figures <laughs> in the woods. And uh, it, Nice. It introduced me to the found footage, and it, it really kind of, I mean, there would be no paranormal activity, you know, things of that nature without it. So that's my five. 
I actually, I actually went to see the Blair Witch Project with my dad, who was not he, – he wasn't a, a one to kind of suffer fools in that respect. Where he was like, what is this crap? <laughs> so, like, we went to it, and yeah. he, I was, like, going to a late showing. I'm like, hey, do you want to go? He's like, yeah, sure. So we went, and I told him a little bit about it, but I, of course, told him as if it was a found footage documentary thing. And Of course, when it started, he kind of figured it out. We were a little older than Jimmy at the time. Well, obviously, my dad was, but I was. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like a few minutes into the movie, he leans over. He's like, hmm, what is this crap? Not using those exact words, but it just kind of it just kind of endeared me to that movie and made me kind of laugh. So, Yeah. Well, and to me, the, the, the whole premise of that seemed completely stupid. I mean, with the not, – not so much the, the actual premise of the movie, but the way that the people acted, you know, the, the things that they did. I'm like, that doesn't make any effing sense. Why would any person do that? that it, it was, to me, it was like they were doing stuff simply for the sake of the movie. And I'm like, no, the, if, 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 if they wanted to do a found footage thing, it should have been – their reactions should have been more realistic to me, and I just felt that they weren't. Um, their motivations weren't genuine, so to speak. It's like the Cal Ripken part, <laughs> like where he's talking about how Cal Ripken played in so many games that he's going to miss it because he's stuck in the freaking woods. So. Gotcha. Anyway, I, I'm going next. Okay. Do it. My first one is not necessarily scary, although it is kind of creepy. It is the Skeleton Dance, which is a, about a seven-minute, five-minute short, maybe, uh, little silly symphony thing. Actually, isn't that the very first cartoon? That's not the first one, um, but it's I mean it's from 1929, so it's old. Because I th I thought that the very first cartoon was actually the Skeleton Dance. It was the first animated film, even though it was like only 20 seconds. But it was the first an like successful animation I'm, that they did. Actually, I could I'm not be sure. wrong. Um, but but either way, the, the, a yeah, research. No. the the reason why this is on there was. When I was in elementary school, you know, of course, we had to take gym and music and all that stuff. And I somehow really just didn't like music. I didn't catch on to it. I wasn't good at it. I wasn't coordinated enough. And the, the teacher was kind of like, okay, yeah, if this kid ever – if he told my parents if this kid ever wants to play an instrument, just tell him no and make him do something else, which is not, in retrospect, probably the best thing to say. I don't blame her or anything like that. It's it's true. <laughs> I did not have the the skill to play. But anyway, so in music class, she played this one time, and it's this little five-minute thing, and it, it's creepy. It's got, you know, the little skeletons dancing around. You've probably seen it. Uh, done by Oob Iwerks, the animator. It was released by, by Walt Disney, of course. And there's little scenes, you know, little cats going back and forth, the skeletons dancing, the, the graveyard. That It's just well done. And it introduced me to the love of Halloween, because we did that. And then in gym class, they always made, like, a haunted house with um, all of the... Uh, like you could climb through the the gymnastics mats and climb up a rope and go through like a bunch of things. It was really fun, and I remember very distinctly watching that thing and then going through this house and I climbed up a, a scaffolding and they had that. Remember that eighties Halloween decoration that was like a flaming red orange skull, reddish orange skull. It's just like one of those paper so. decorations. There was like always the cat with like the joints that you could like move its legs, and there was like that one green witch and then there was that one orange skull that like every house seemed to have. And I just remember climbing up this thing and getting, like, startled by the skull because of this, like, little animation. And I think that was, like, my first real definitive memory of Halloween and horror. So it, even though it's obviously just five minutes, it's not that much of a narrative. It, I think it introduced me. Um, okay. And, and the skeleton dance actually, according to what I'm seeing, was 
notable for being the first animated cartoon to use non-post-sync sound. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but you I think be they. Able to I, actually, I'm not sure. Non-post-sync. I guess they animated to the sound. I'm not sure. I probably should know that, but I do not. Okay. Uh, my number, uh, well, four, I guess, is uh, Poltergeist. Terrifying movie. Of course, nice. the story that I know. Of, I know you guys have probably oh, yeah. heard me say, but not the podcast people. Uh, saw that movie. Had my grandmother who loved. Yeah, you know, she brought she brought me this little adorable clown, which was on a swing and hung it up in my bedroom. My mom did and hung it up underneath the air conditioning vent. I had no idea what an air conditioning vent was. The only vent I ever saw in the ceiling was the um, the things in elementary school where they would do the morning announcements, like the speakers. So I figured it was just some random system in the house that I just never heard used. So the air conditioning would kick on, and this little scary clown would be swinging above my bed randomly on its own in the middle of the night. So I screamed very loudly. My my dad, which I just mentioned, uh, had enough of me being up and came in and ripped this clown down from the ceiling and put it downstairs on top of like their big kind of box TV. The weird thing about that is it wasn't there for very long, but it seemed like we took almost all of our family photos around that time because you see this stupid clown <laughs> in the background of like every family photo from that era. So nice. if I ever get those pictures scanned, I will find a way to get those scary clowns up there. And, of course, I still get mocked about it incessantly. Uh, so Poltergeist, also, by the way, rated PG. That's why that that's why that movie really? effed so many kids up, because it was PG. Because there was no such thing as PG-13, wow. if I remember correctly. What was the MPAA doing? Yeah. Probably whatever drugs you're on. Exactly. Oh, that's nice. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I guess it's—I don't know if it's PG or—from what I remember, it's PG, but— um. Yeah, we'll we'll continue on. I will feel free to look that up. Um, another one was Fright Night. It was kind of a vampire movie. I got it. It was like I just happened to see it with some friends of mine in in Pittsburgh. It was it was good. Yeah, I'd, I I haven't it. seen it in a while. Um, they did just a remake of it, but I don't think I'm going to go that route. Uh, no, the, it, it wasn't nearly the original, as good as the original. I just realized that the the girl in the movie is Amanda Bierce, who played Marcy on Married with Children, yeah. which is crazy. But I remember yeah. after seeing. And Chris Sarandon was the yep. vampire. He's Prince Humperdinck. <laughs> Prince Humperdinck. So they, uh, that one thing I remember about that movie, just to kind of, again, bring me back to the past, was I was the young kid in the neighborhood. So I saw that movie, and I remember, feel like, after seeing so many people get bitten in the neck, I told my friends, I was like, oh, I just keep on feeling like, like, they were, I was, since I was the youngest, the kids were, like, three, four years older than me. It's like, oh, I just keep on feeling like there's someone biting my neck, and I kept on, like, wincing and, like, you know, rubbing my neck and they're like oh and they like somehow kind of played it off and like yeah that means that you're going to turn into a werewolf or a vampire it's like what <laughs> no was, this movie came out in what 85 so i was eight i was eight when i saw it mm-hmm. like, you're going to turn into a, a vampire or werewolf like do you ever do you remember what happens when you sleep do you like do you ever wake up in the woods and they kept like messing with me and that, that of course led to some sleepless nights and, and again me bothering my parents nice there's that um scream it just reintroduced horror to me after a few years of, of just not seeing it. Um, it got in college when that movie came out, it immediately was like, Oh, you know what? We're going to be the apartment that has the big Halloween party. We're going to be, you know, after seeing that movie, nice. it was like, Oh, this is fun. It winked at itself. It was just really good. You know, what's funny about that. What is that? I hate that movie <laughs> because of the same reason. Cause it winked at horror. I just hate it. Huh? Interesting. That's okay. You're allowed to be That's wrong. Fine. That movie was really like, I actually thought that that was because it became so big so fast. I actually thought that most people ended up hating it. And then when we went to that outdoor showing at the Enzian, uh, Rob and I, it was packed. 
like we had to park like like several yeah, streets over from the place because there were so many people there and i was shocked because i'm like one i thought everyone had seen it two i thought everyone was like okay yeah this was really funny for 1996 but yeah so and of course last but not least and i talked about this like i think episode one uh dawn of the dead of course was filmed in my hometown of monroeville so i sort of grew up in the zombie capital of the world you know you see you see this movie nice and there's the jc penny you shopped that there's the ice skating rink that you had your your birthday that's parties so at. awesome um that yeah the little bridge which is you know covered in zombie corpses at some point in the movie was this weird random little tiny bridge in front of a store or around the corner from a store that my dad was the manager of uh, called the coach house so there's this this like little tiny town near pittsburgh and this giant hollywood movie that had all these places and it's just it's so it's so weird watching because it's it's literally me being able to watch my childhood minus the zombies of course so that one is that that's why that's there awesome that's my five nice how about nice. you rob all right all right well i'll uh i'll give you mine um i'll probably start with the first one um and i think probably my my well the i chronologically i mean um it was it was probably my first introduction to the horror genre i guess and that would that would most likely be Evil yes. Dead Two, because as I as I as I said, it was something that that I was I was doing a sleepover at a friend's house. Um, we were probably like eightish, and you know he had the the movie channels at his house, so like we were scanning through um, scanning through the stations at probably like one o'clock in the morning, and we came on Evil Dead Two. We came upon Evil Dead Two, and. <laughs> and I still remember seeing the scene where they catch the monster's head in the trap door and they stomp on the trap door and the eyeball shoots out, goes across the room, and the girl <laughs> swallows it. And we absolutely lost it. We thought that was so hilarious. And so you've got this co- these couple of eight-year-olds just sitting there watching this completely cheesy, absolutely hilarious horror movie. So that was probably my first introduction to the horror genre. Um, it got a little scarier after that, um, but I definitely remember um, Child's Play, which was something that I probably saw in... I, I definitely saw it in high school. Or not high school, middle school, I mean. And th- I really remember Child's Play because it was one of those things that we all watched as... There was like a birthday party for one of the girls and like a lot of the class was there and we were kind of hanging out and doing whatever. And they put on this movie Child's Play and, you know, we all sat down and watched it as a group. And one of the things I remember from that was it was absolutely hilarious because somebody went into the girl's room who who was um, who was having the party. It was her birthday. And they grabbed one of her Cabbage Patch Kids. <laughs> and... And somebody snuck out while the movie was playing, and at one of the real intense scenes, they just kind of like walked up behind somebody who was towards the front, really engrossed in the uh, in the movie, and just kind of dropped the doll in their lap. And she freaked out. I mean, like threw the doll, screamed, got up, ran out of the room. It was absolutely hilarious. Um. But it was also one of those things where, you know, I talked to some people uh, later later at school, and one of the girls was like, yeah, I went home and turned all the heads on my dolls around. I didn't want to – I didn't want to <laughs> looking at me. 
<laughs> while I was sleeping and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it was it was kind of creepy. Um, one of the other ones that I remember from probably middle school was, and, and that was largely because actually it not because it was so scary, but because I really liked the premise and I really liked the idea was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three. And that was the one, I don't know if you remember it, that was the one with the Dream Warriors, where everybody basically had the powers, like they could control their dreams, they had some control over their dreams, and they they gave themselves superpowers and whatnot, and all of them were facing Freddy, and Freddy was kind of, you know, killing them off because it's his movie and that's what he does. Um, but it was, it was a really neat premise and, you know, the, the kids were kind of empowered and they fought back against Freddy, whereas everybody just kind of runs and stuff like that. Um, so I really enjoyed that one. I, I love that. Um, actually, I have that song on my phone, except my phone is not behaving. That's going to, uh, really pissing me right off. The Dream which, Warriors. Which talking. Oh, okay. But there you go. I was going to like immediately start playing, um, but it, uh. Good job. I know, I know. Nice, nice job. You fail again. Um, <laughs> the uh, one of the one of the other movies, and probably in my opinion, one of the best vampire movies ever made, is The Lost Boys. Yes, with uh, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman when both Corys were still alive. And man, I'm really surprised that Corey Haim was the one to go because I thought it, I really would have thought it would have been Feldman. He's busy but, making awesome music now. I know, right? But that that movie has got to be one of the best vampire movies ever made, and it's got Bill from Bill and Ted. Um, but a re- really really great vampire movie. Uh, there's comedy in it. Go. It's suspenseful. That's oh. Lost Boys. <laughs> da- yes. No. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's Lost Boys. Okay. Yes. I yes. couldn't provide you with Dawkins, but I'll give you uh, Gerald McMahon, the Cry Little Sister theme from Lost Boys. From Lost Boys. Yes, and it was it was a great '80s vampire movie, and it had some it had this really weird like homoerotic sax solo in the middle of the movie, and I'm not oh, sure what that I was about. Still but believe. anyway, I think it was mandatory that all '80s movies had a weird <laughs> with with homoerotic sax solo with the 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 dude not wearing a shirt like all greased down and with like, the big muscles and crap playing the saxophone. This. I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm like, what is going on here? I don't inventing that through his weird medicine thing. Like that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen Lost Boys hundreds of times. I've never seen that. Yeah, but the the Lost Boys is a great movie, and if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Um, And the final one for me, which was the the most recent in the chronological order, and the reason it's on there is because it's one of the ones that really affected me, was The Grudge, and I think I told you all the story last time about the. Yep. The, the cabin in the woods um another horror movie but you know um yeah we were we were in a cabin and and the grudge really was running through my mind and that was one of the ones that just really got me so that that's that's my fifth one on pants the were shat pants were shat I, no they were probably <laughs> wet I, I i think i might have pissed myself but nice. but yeah it was so awesome. those are my five well that does it that's our five so if any of our yeah. listeners if any of our listeners have five of their own that they'd like to share with us, or perhaps even a little anecdote about some of their stories or some of their movies or why they why they would come to mind when you ask them about their five, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, email, regular mail. Send it by Carrier Pigeon. Whatever. We'll read your story. We will read your story on the air. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good week. 
city. What is it? The city is Worcester. And the sauce is? Worcestershire. <laughs> Worcestershire. 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 I always call it Worcestershire sauce. Wor- wor- Worcestershire. Worcestershire. I'm totally recording that. <laughs> oh, crap.